We're here to uh, tonight uh, for the Rev Up Racing Show with Onaway Speedway uh, owner and operator Mike Sturgill. How are you today, Mike? Good, good. Great seeing you. Haven't, um, haven't talked to you in a while, so good seeing you, Jay. And something uh, for, first and foremost, uh, like not to really dwell on the COVID-19 pandemic, but you guys are starting June 6th when you, you were hoping to now. Is that a Michigan state approval or is, how's, how's that working? How are you getting able to race this weekend? Well, our Region 6, Michigan, has opened up to recreational activities. Um, we've consulted with all our local county officials and our representatives and senators, and they said, being it's an outdoor event with the new CDC guidelines that outdoor events are much safer. The sun kills a lot of this stuff. They um, actually, it looks to be possibly safer going to an outdoor event if you maintain the guidelines and it is going to a grocery store. And like I said, we have the blessing of our, our, our local sheriff, our prosecutor, health department. So, you know, we feel pretty good about it. We're going to take some serious guidelines. Um, you know, I, I hope people are patient with us and um, we feel it's going to be a good, a good deal. And it's something you, you would post on social media as something you're allowed a thousand fans. When it comes to a thousand fans, is that four or five per pit? in the pits and also another six, 700 in the stands, or how does that work when it comes to the regulations? So the thousand fans is the grandstands and we're allowed up to 500 in the pits. We have almost 200 acres. Technically, technically we could use this pit area. And um, last summer towards the fall there, we doubled our pit size with crushed asphalt for the big rig challenge. So our pits are really, it's quite a bit of area we have to use. And we've actually like our Can-Am there, we, um, you know, we had quite a few cars and utilized all the new crushed asphalt areas. So I don't think there's any problem with spacing people out. And, you know, if three or four people come per car, we talked with our local officials. And if, if they come in the same vehicle or their family and they come in two vehicles but go home together to the same residence or they're together after or before the event, we don't have to keep them separate. It makes no sense keeping them separate. If they come together, they live together, then they can be together. It's just basically different teams will have to be separated. And we have, a, you know, guidelines we're going to post, um, pretty, some pretty strict ones. You know, we ask, of course, if anybody's sick or uh, high risk, you know, if they have respiratory issues, not to come. Um, we're going to check everyone's temperature. I know that's going to take some time, but you're not getting in the facility without us checking your temperature. I don't have the exact numbers. We're researching a little more to be 100% right, but I believe it's like 1.7 degrees over 98.6. But we're going to have to get a a uh, threshold with our thermometers to see what they are, you know, because all of them are a little bit different, but we're going to be pretty strict on that. You know, masks are definitely encouraged. We're not the police. We're not going to make you wear a mask, but they're definitely encouraged. All our employees, especially on the concession stand, will be wearing masks. We're going to reconfigure our concession stands to make it safer and no contact. So, um, you know, like I said, we feel that it's probably going to be safer than going to the grocery store or gas station. And it's something now, are your staff doing it, or is it the ENTs going to be doing, taking all the temperatures at gates and stuff like that? No, our staff will be. And it's something, again, going from other, I guess, tracks, power of social media, as I used down in the Carolinas this past weekend, Ace Speedway. Supposed to social distance, they're, they're going against a government and 4,000 people. So it's something I no, know we, you guys will follow the rules, but that's something. It's great to have people in the stands, but you want to be doing it properly, don't you? Yeah, we're, we're not going to have 4,000 people. I mean, it's going to be 1,000 in the grandstands. We're going to, kids will be issued bracelets. And when we get to 1,000, actually, we're going to use one box and take, I think the boxes come in 2,000. So we'll have 1,000 a, a bracelets. And when the bracelets are done, that's it. And we are doing pre-sale. So we'll have an idea of the interest. And if, you know, if we sell 300, then we know 
okay, you know, we get 700 for the day of, then we're done. So, no, we're going to take it very serious. We don't want to take advantage of this and, and ruin it for the future events this year. We think if we do unmind uh, our P's and Q's and respect our local law that we can um, keep our schedule on full for the season. And, and ultimately, it's, you know, our biggest priority is keeping people safe. We don't want any outbreaks or don't want to be responsible for anybody getting sick and coming from the racetrack. So, you know, we do take it very serious. And, and it's something, I guess, to be, to it's not warning the, the drivers and the crews, but if I'm, if, I, if I'm in the pits and if, if you have enough to scatter, like, say, every other, other pits, if they happen to start mingling and everything, is that just a warning to the drivers and the teams or what happens there? It'll be a warning, and we're going to tell them if they're going to be mingling, they need to have masks on because they can be closer than six feet with a mask on. Just when they don't have a mask, they need to keep the six feet. But, yeah, no, we're going to be pretty strict about that. You know, of course, we're not the police either, and we can't go to every pit every 10 minutes and getting after people, but we're going to tell them that, you know, you need to respect this so we can keep racing also. And it's something I go back and we say all the time when it comes to short track racing, it's almost like a family. If I need something from your pit or the opposite, it happens. So it's something it, it will be people will be getting together to, to discuss that, right? Yes, no doubt, no doubt. And like I said, you know, we'll, we're actually going to, I think on Thursday, I don't have a time yet, but do like a virtual driver's meeting, like a Facebook Live virtual driver's meeting. Craig Van Thielen and I are going to do that. And we're going to go over a lot of that. Uh, we'll have some guidelines in place to discuss that when we do our virtual driver's meeting. But that'll be discussed a lot. That's going to be the biggest topic, of course, you know. So, yeah, we have thought about that, and, and we'll discuss that on Thursday in our Facebook Live virtual driver's meeting. Now, is that something, so if people are watching they don't know, where can they find that, that, that driver's meeting, or is it private? Um, no, it'll be a Facebook Live on Onaway Speedway. Um, we don't have a time yet. Probably going to be 7 o'clock, 6, 7 o'clock Thursday evening. Um, we'll probably get a post tomorrow uh, telling the time. And like I said, it'll be Craig, Craig and I run the pits. So we'll, um, we'll do a Facebook live, take questions. And cause we do have quite a bit of interest in some new cars, new teams, you know, because I believe we probably be the first asphalt oval track opening up. So it seems to be some interest in new cars coming up. We want them, you know, all the questions answered as much as possible before they get there. And, and like I said, you know, we want people to understand to expect delays. There's a COVID-19 form from our insurance company that needs to be filled out if they can fill that out online if they can give us their transponder information just a lot of stuff can be done beforehand to speed the show up and and get things rolling quicker you know i watched mike blackmers from merit speedway and, and that was kind of the hold up there was the COVID 19 forms to fill them out ahead of time so you're not doing it in line and luckily he raced a couple of weeks before us we learned a little bit <clears throat> and and like he said he had a couple of issues when it comes to on the track and driving, but when it came to the, he keeps on saying he doesn't want to talk COVID-19, but people scattering themselves out throughout the stands, no problems. Cause people want to see other than, other than for you guys in Michigan, you're watching NASCAR on, on, on TV, really short track racing is the only other thing in sports that's happening in Michigan right now. Right? It, exactly. Yes. And, and speaking of that, our grandstands, we're going to caution, <clears throat> excuse me, caution tape off every other bleacher. So, That'll give us six feet there, and then we'll announce uh, periodically over the PA that if you're family or friends, if you're together, you came together, rode in the same vehicle, or came from the same household, you don't have to maintain six feet. But if you're not, then you need to maintain six feet. So if you look at our stands, you may see, well, there's five people sitting close there. Well, yes, if they came in the same vehicle in their family, then we're not going to ask them to space each other out. But if they're separate families, not you know, didn't come together, then they need to maintain spacing. And it'll literally just be on each bleacher because we're going to mark off 
every other one. So that'll, it'll be taken care of for the most part. It's just going to be respecting each other. And, and that's something if people want to continue having racing until everything's totally opened up, they're going to follow the rules because they, they want to be at the events, right? I, I would sure hope so. I, I'm sure they will. I mean, it, you know, a lot of people have been, have been locked down, tied up, you know, sitting in their house or staying close to home for months. I mean, I'm sure that they're going to appreciate this and respect it. And it's something to, to be, when it comes to, I guess, say, the political end, and this is the last one we'll talk about, the COVID-19 part of it is, what do you say to the skeptics out there who say you guys can't do this the proper way? Um, I, You know, there's skeptics and everything, of course. I think, you know, to tell them the truth, stop out, take, take a drive through or walk through and see what you think. But we're really going to take it serious. Our insurance company gave us guidelines. Our local officials gave us guidelines. We have the CDC guidelines. You know, I run a business. I've had... You know, we, we haven't, like I told you earlier, we haven't taken a day off in 70 days. Um, our, my business is essential, but I've had to check temperatures. You know, we have guidelines that I've dealt with for the last 70, 75 days. This has been going on with, with 80 employees. So, you know, we have some experience in it. This past weekend, we did our, our practice, two-day practice with mini wedges, cars, and semis. And between the three classes, I think we had 50, 55 race vehicles, you know, 15, 16 semis, 10, 12 wedges, 30 cars. So, you know, that went good. There was nobody at all that was upset. Everybody was respectful and understood it. They were appreciative to have a place to, to come and practice and, and and race in a couple of weeks. So, you know, there's they're skeptics, but there's a lot of a lot of positives about this, too. And the biggest thing is it's an outdoor event that is one of the safer events. And for, for June for June 6th weekend, and usually you run the same ones every every weekend, but can you just let, let fans know and people what classes to expect and what how it's going to work <laughs> on, on Saturday? Yep, so we'll have our mini wedges. Our It was our four-cylinder class. Now it's going to be a front-wheel drive class. Um, we haven't pushed that a lot because we didn't know when the season would start, so we don't know what's probably going to be similar to our four-cylinder class to get going until we get some more front-wheel drives. Our ABC street stock class, our modifieds, our super late models, and I believe the sixth we're going to run school buses and not the semis. So expect school buses on the sixth. And we, we uh, one person commented here, and I, I probably know the answer, but I'll let you answer. Any camping this weekend? Uh, June 6th weekend, yes. Like I said, we have 200 acres. It'll be rustic camping, but yes, there'll be plenty of camping. With the 200 acres, there's plenty of room to space people out. And something, again, they can enjoy the weekend like they do every other time and just have to be a little bit more cautious, right? Just have to be a little more cautious, a little more respectful of your neighbors. Yep. And when it, when it comes to schedule wise and you don't have to talk all of them but what's your schedule looking like for for this for this season so june 6th and then uh two weeks from then is our is the next oval track basically oval track is every two weeks uh july 10th through 12th is our great lakes big rig challenge that's a goal as of right now but if the canadian border is not opened up or if the canadians have to quarantine after they cross when they get back home then we're we are looking at postponing that or rescheduling it again i hate to reschedule it a third time but it's something we have to look at serious too i mean the canadians are a huge part of that event that weekend it's it's our biggest e- event or weekend of the year and we can't we don't feel we can put it on successfully without having them here to support us especially the competitors you know there's i think we had 85 competitors and 55 were from canada last year from ontario quebec and alberta and we we need them so so that that would be um July 10th through 12th, and then our 
me see here. We got June 20th, it's our full show with trailer races. I just grabbed the schedule. Uh, July 4th, which is our Independence Day holiday, we have our oval track. Uh, July 18th, our ABC shootout. August 1st, full show. And then our season championship is August 22nd. And our Can-Am Invitational, August 29th. And then our over-the-top diesel showdown, which is semi-drag racing and tractors and semi-sled pulling. So we have, a, we have a good season. You know, we've a lot of events pretty much every two weeks. I think there's a couple couple stretches in there. We, want, we run three weeks in a row with the semis, but, you know, we're really looking forward to it. And I think if we can pull this one off, I feel that, you know, if we can pull it off safely with no no issues, that our season should be golden to run the, the whole year. Um, you know, like our local county has had 11 cases since this started. We're talking, what I say, 70, 80 days now. I think we're into 11 cases, and it's been weeks, if not months, since there's been a new case and we're in region six and the UP is in region eight. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I know the cases are very, very minimal. And most of our racers and fans come out of them two regions. So we're pretty positive. You know, I check the numbers every day at three o'clock, we get our new numbers and they've really been trending downwards, especially in our regions. So I'm pretty optimistic that things are only going to get better from here on out. And especially with summer and people out getting some sunlight and it's going to get better. And and that's exactly when we talk about you're you're right in that almost northern I guess say northern Michigan and here here in in where we are in Sault Ste Marie Ontario we've had under twenty cases so it's it's not frustrating but when when we're in those categories of not having a lot of cases compared to lower state or lower province it just gets a little it's frustrating but we understand why right yeah yeah I, I really feel for you guys you know Michigan in total especially. The south half, you know, southeastern Michigan has more cases than all of Canada put together. And it's it's unfortunate that, you know, hey, yeah. I mean, and, you know, another fact, too, is over a third of all these deaths are in nursing homes. And that's not talked about a lot. So, you know, every every death, every um, fatality, is it's it's very sad, and we don't want that. But when you really look at the numbers, and, and over a third of all the fatalities in the, at least in, in the United States, probably Canada too, is in nursing homes. I mean, it, by all means, that's that's sad. And it's it's not fair to them people. But really, when you look at the numbers and you take a third or over a third of that out, it's probably not too too scary and not probably not too dangerous for everyday people that are under maybe sixty years old and taking the necessary precautions. And, and that's something like I had mentioned off camera. I wasn't going to bring it up, but it comes, I guess we are talking about it is it's something we might just have to live with. Right. And it's something we might have to just be part of our lives. Like when we had H1N1 SARS, it, it does people, we, we figure out how to live with these, these diseases. Right. I, I feel that that's a quite a, you know, a good possibility. I mean, it's, I honestly kind of look at it as tuberculosis and deer, you know, it's, it's spread viral mouth to mouth or, or, uh, um, through the airdrops and I you know it may be something we're stuck with until there's a vaccine or until we have more of a herd immunity I mean I you know you just look at it and look at the big picture and yeah the numbers are going down but it's summertime too so you know they say it's not as dangerous in the summer now I see um, like Brazil I think it was Australia the numbers are going up and it's fall there so it's getting worse there again now just like the flu season so it's it makes you wonder is it just a more severe strain of the flu and it's, it's something we're gonna have to live with until they get a vaccine and or a little bit more of a, of a herd immunity effect. And it's something when we get, get back to the racing point is you had mentioned the big rig about Canadians. You have, and I don't know the numbers, you know, probably know better than me, but you probably have 10 to 15 usual Canadians that are on your race nights there. And 
your starting points this weekend. How is that going to affect it when the if the Canadians can come down? Is that going to affect the standings? Yeah, we're we're looking at all options with that. You know, like I, I said to you earlier, there I know like Dustin Jackson, Jay Palumbo, Mike Allman, Jerry Artuzo, them guys support us pretty regularly, along with others too. Buddy Polinick's down quite a bit. You know, we're looking at. It's not fair to our guys either that that want to run for points to not have a point season. So we we may look at giving the Canadians starting points for that night, even if they're not here, kind of like a bare minimum point. So there is something for them when they can cross. Um, we're going to discuss that more Thursday there with our virtual drivers meeting, Facebook Live too. We want it, we want it to be fair, and we want them guys to be rewarded when they can cross because by all means, this is not their fault. It's not fair to them either. And it's something you've had the track in how many years now? Is it four years? This is our fourth year, correct. Four years and success every year, and it's growing bigger and, and, and better. And uh, what's contributing to that, you think? You know, I think our our, um, our staff, I mean, boy, I feel like when you come to our track, and, and I, you know, I'm not singling out any other track. I just, you know, it's our track. We feel that we're doing the best we can. But, you know, like our, I feel our tech is spot on, our our safety stuff is spot on. Our, our calls are spot on. I'm personally on the receiver. You know, I'm the one that's lining cars up. And, you know, if there's an accident, a, a lot of times the flag man and, and Craig Van Thielen and I will kind of talk on the radio there who's at fault. And, man, we are sticklers on the tech. Like if a car shows up that's 60.01% left side, he doesn't run until he fixes it. You know, I mean, there's just so many little things that, you know, ride height. Well, when we – I'm sorry, we don't have ride height now, but – the left side, the cross. I mean, it's just a lot of things that really, really sticklers on. You know, our our belts in the car. If they're if they're past the deadline on the um, they they don't get to run. They you know they get one week, and if they come back, they they can't race without new belts. You know, and then they tell us, well, we've raced with you know so and so track for years. Well, I feel that we have a lot more respect in a, a really professional manner the way we run our events with with the rules and the safety and the teching and. You know, like a big thing at our track, and it's cost us a few cars, is the quarter second rule. And, you know, it's all, everything's live with, with Westhold transponders and our monitor system. And now in our pit side there, we have an outdoor monitor where people can see their qualifying time. And every lap time, the car's on the track. So now when a car overruns their time, they can't they can't complain to us. They can see right on the, on the uh, pit concession that, you know, we overran our time. It's just, I, I really feel that we do a great job enforcing our rules and there's zero wiggle room you know i mean i, I won't you know a couple of years ago we had a couple bigger name guys that come up with mods from downstate and the one guy was leading the race and a caution come out and i told him on the receiver you overrun your time two laps in a row you're you know dropped to the back and, and he you know he got a little upset and pulled off and and they were upset but then later they said you know what it's good that you do that you know that really keeps the playing field fair and, and i like to take you know and say that we're I think that's part of our success is, you know, there's no favorites. Everybody has the same level playing field and the same chance of, of winning or losing at our track. And they, they know when they come that it's going to be, you know, the best we can put on. And, and we've done a, a ton of improvements. You know, we got great staff, great volunteers. And every year we do more and more improvements. You know, we paved a lot of the pits. You know, like I said, the, the, the monitor there showing your lap times. I mean, just always working on making better and more improvements. And it's something like with our comments, uh, Mavic Morrow just said, the environment's so friendly. It's an amazing place to race, and the staff makes our, us racers feel appreciated. And these guys are weekend warriors and coming out and doing something they enjoy, so that just adds coming right from a racer, right? Yeah, yeah, and Maverick's one of our great supporters. You know, he's there every event, and, man, him and his 57 Chevy put a show on. I mean, the fans, he is a fan favorite for sure. 
And, and just makes you jealous that you don't have a 57 Chevy that you can drive on the road too, right, Mike? Right, right. Yeah, the pickup. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and some, you said instead of four-cylinder, it's front-wheel drive division class now. Is that what you call it? Yeah, so we, we basically working with uh, Whittemore Speedway and, and kind of, um, I think there's a different, we're using a little bit different buyout rule, but almost the same rules they're using, and they've had a um, great success. I think they've had up 40, 50 cars in that class, and it's really brings it back to an entry-level class that families can afford. You know, some of these four-cylinders, they're pretty fast. I mean, you easily put five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 to, to be competitive in a four-cylinder, and we want to get it back to where it's, you know, you can take a car, put a cage in it, a race seat, some safety stuff, and, and race for $1,000. You know, have $1,000 investment to be able to race. And Whittemore has proved that, that that's, that's working great for them, and, and we want to get and kind of go that direction. And, and our four-cylinder class is one of the ones, I don't know why, but we struggle with. You know, we some nights we've got five or six, and it, it seems to be a struggle. So we're looking at fixing that and going in a better direction with it. So but, but we still encourage all four cylinders to come. Rear wheel drive rangers are allowed. We call it a front wheel drive class, but rear wheel drive is allowed. And we still encourage them to come. If we get enough, it's going to be run as an ABC format. So, like you say, the last question is, for, for your first weekend, and again, numbers you know for the last three years, but with everything going on, what would be a successful weekend in your eyes as an owner-operator and a number of cars and fans? Um, we really don't know what to think. I know there's a lot of people that are nervous and, and scared of going out in public and being around people, but then there's a ton of people that are tired of setting home and want to get out. And we, like I said, we've had a lot of interest in some new cars. So, you know, I'd like to say if we had 500 fans and 50 cars, we would be happy. It'd be a successful weekend. And I, and I really foresee we'll be there. I, I don't think there's any issue with being to them numbers. And we just had another comment from a driver in the ABC division, uh, Chris Toms about qualifying like normal or doing hot laps and qualifying how, how are you working that for this our hot laps will be the qualifying session so we'll allow i haven't determined yet uh craig and i will talk about that thursday in our virtual drivers meeting but you know probably four or five cars at a time on the track and take their best lap out of like a 10 lap run we worked on that last year and, and it really works well it seems the guys actually get a little faster time perhaps and there's less less overrunning their time so it, it seems to work out good and it speeds up qualifying a lot more and it's something i, I go not to comp compare short track racing to nascar but nascar is running a one lap uh one lap to put you in your, in your in your starting position so when they're doing it and you're giving them even more laps it's it's something that it gives them a chance right yeah yeah and you know i i've raced at springport and spartan downstate and that's what you do your, your lap time's taken out of your um hot lap session and i enjoyed it when there's five, six cars on the track, I mean, you might lose a lap here or there for a slower car in front of you, but there's a, try, a car you're trying to run down and catch, you can turn a good lap time. So I, I personally, as a driver, enjoy it more that way, and I, I think a lot of the drivers will appreciate it when they get to um, get used to it and get comfortable doing it. And when it comes to, we were talking about operating business-wise and stuff like that, is when, when, when the fans come this weekend, uh, Cash, debit, visa, how you do all that again, or is there certain ways you're doing it? No, well, we're like I said, we're reconfiguring our concession stand. Um, cash is always faster. You know, we, we will take credit cards, but they have to manually be run through the machine, depending on what credit card it is. And, you know, we're going to be uh, serving out of, <clears throat> excuse me, serving out of windows, so you won't be inside by the cash register. So 
cash is definitely faster, but we will take credit cards. You just expect it to slow down the line a little bit. Um, other than that, you know, it'll, we'll have, I think, two or three serving windows that should be pretty quick. Uh, well, I try to get a menu outside. So because that seems to be a holdup. People get inside and then they're looking at the menu and undecided what they want. And that surprisingly seems to be a holdup. But we, we all know that. We go to a restaurant and we take a few minutes and look at the menu. So we're going to work on that and maybe minimize the menu a little bit to make it easier also and, and see what's, you know, easier to cook and faster to cook and maybe less handling of the, of the food also. And now the, the last thing I'm going to ask, is there anything else you'd like to add about going into this weekend and for race fans and teams? You know, we've all been cooped up inside for the last two or three months. Let's, let's get out and enjoy, um, enjoy a great event. Um, you know, we feel that if you're, if you're nervous about it, we're going to take every safety precaution we can. You know, the big thing is checking everybody's temperature. If that's going to be a good warning. Now that doesn't say for sure that you have COVID and, and it's, you know, you still could be just, just, just got COVID. Maybe you still could be asymptomatic or something, but I think that we're going to take every precaution we can. I believe from what I've seen so far, this is the first asphalt oval track opening up for the year. So, you know, we're excited to have some, some new cars, you know, come and watch some new mods, some new super late models, ABC class, even front wheel drive showing up and, and, you know, we're really happy and excited to, to host this and, and um, put some good racing on for the fans. So yeah, give us a try. You know, we have our ticket sales online and, you know, once it gets, if it gets to a thousand fans online then we'll shut it down and, and make a post that no fans, walk-in fans be accepted. But we don't think we'll sell a thousand online. We think, you know, we'll probably half or maybe a third and then we'll be able to accept two thirds or so when they walk up for the day of the race. So yeah, come out, come out and enjoy, you know, I mean, the weather looks good. We looked at it and so far the weather looks good. And Man, first oval track asphalt race of the year. Come out and enjoy it. And and saying that about first the asphalt track is there might be some drivers that haven't been to the track in the last couple of years or whatever, and not being able to race at their, another track what they're used to is you might get a, a few of those drivers come to the track th this week or the, the second week, right? It, we will for sure. We've already had a few um, call and reserve tires, pay for tires, you know, ask sizes and have us set them aside. And so yeah, we have tire. We do have uh, tires. I think we still have 150 tires that we just got order in Friday. We have racing gas, tire machine, so anybody new that's watching it, you know, we have everything you need to come and race. Uh, man, I'm excited for some good racing. Like I said, with, with guys that have called and pre-ordered tires, it's, it's going to be some new cars coming, some good racing. We're excited to, to show off our facility to new drivers and fans. And, you know, let's just get June 6th here. <laughs> totally understandable. And who's going more crazy, you or Billy? Uh Probably her. <laughs> I get to set in the tower and watch and do the race receiver and then kind of enjoy the race and she's running all over. So she doesn't get to, to watch and enjoy as much as I do, unfortunately. So I'm excited for it to come. She's a little stressed out because she does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Now it's something, and I, I just, again, some tracks are doing it in, in down in the lower states. If you weren't allowed to have fans, would you be running? You know, we've talked about that. And we would be open to the idea. If we weren't allowed fans, we were going to do a Facebook poll and who would come and race for, not necessarily for no money, but after our cost, insurance cost, a little bit of staff, although most of the staff's volunteer, but there is some hard cost with, with EMS and stuff. Who would come and race for what's left out of the pit gate, basically? We didn't get to that, but that, that was going on, on the table. That We were going to look at doing that. 
And I, I think we probably were going to do that and just say that, you know, there was no guaranteed payout. What was left after the cost would be, you know, what we would pay. But luckily we don't have to do that. But that was, that was an option and, and we were going to try it. Yes. Because, you know, a lot of these racers, they're not racing for the money. I mean, they want to race in front of fans, but they're racing because it's their hobby. It's their passion. It's what they like to do and, and love to do. And of course you want to go down the front stretch and see a, a packed house, but you know, look at NASCAR, they're racing. I mean, it's, it's what you do. So luckily we're, we're able to race in front of fans and be, you know, limited amount of fans, but luckily still some good, a good fan turnout at a thousand. Well, uh, Mike, thanks for taking the time out to uh, talk about to us tonight and maybe depending on your schedule and before the next race, we can hop on for a few minutes just to talk about how you thought it went and how fan, fans can know your thoughts on, on how June 6th went. Yeah. 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 Let's um, stay in touch and, um, do a couple of these videos a year for sure. Okay. Well, thanks Mike. And, yep. uh, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk soon. Yep. Thanks a lot, Jay. Have a good evening.